and welcome to this week's GG Weekend Watch, kindly sponsored by Bet UK, where it is just Andrew Mount and I this week because Daryl Carter is working away down at Wincanton today. But Andrew has enough to go to war with anyway because we have 10, 10 televised races on Saturday from Sandown, from Weatherby, from Leopardstown. Where else have we got to go? Musselburgh as well. So all over the shop, all corners of Britain and Ireland we're going to. And the lads, funnily enough, actually had a good week last week, considering there were a whole load of bizarre results. Very well done to you, Andrew, and to Daryl. So to reiterate that, unexpected party placed at 11 to 1 for Andrew. Fugitive finished second at 7 to 2 for Fe um, and Phoenix Way finished fourth at 11 to 1. So both horses plating at Cheltenham tipped up by Daryl. Phoenix Way also placing for Andrew. We had Epitont winning at two to nine. Wow, we were well. tipped up by Andrew and by Daryl as well. Very well done. West of the Bridge placed at 12 to 1, tipped up by Daryl. And Rock My Way won at 13 to 2, tipped up by Andrew. So very well done, Andrew. Uh, let's hope we can carry that on into this week. And we begin with a 0 to 125 novices handicap paddle for four year olds and over, over two mile four at 110 at Sandown. Just six declared runners here, Andrew. So how are we playing this? Oh, well, we're not playing at all because I've started with the 128 at um not so first, i've obviously got my wires crossed somewhere no but, to uh, be fair it's kate... probably me give me more than six right. races and i blow my mind <laughs> well, i was going to say so... good news kate anyway because the, the 10 pounds they normally pay daryl to appear on this podcast we're allowed to split it five pounds each so um, <laughs> so we get we get we get an extra boost because there's no daryl so. Breaking down the fourth wall there of Daryl's fees. Right, we'll move to we'll move to Musselburgh then. We'll go we'll head to Musselburgh instead. And this is the 128. Um this is, obviously this is going to be the pinnacle of Scottish um well of Musselburgh's jump season. This is Scottish Cheltenham Trials Day meeting. And we begin with the novices limited handicap chase five rods and over over two mile four one twenty eight. Only six runners this time though, Andrew. How would you like this one? Yeah, this I, I looked at this. I thought novice handicap chase. or you know, this isn't a race I'll spend a lot of time on. But I kind of went down the rabbit hole with it, and, and it's a lot more interesting than at first glance. This uh, drum bear um, for the for the John McConnell yard uh, is interesting. He's got a bit of an oxo pattern to his form. He, um, he his, his record following a win is naught from three. Uh, he did win last time out, although the latest of those defeats was a second by a nose. So that's probably just coincidence. Uh, so he's three from three following a defeat. Um, but he, he's got a good record in Britain. He was third at air the first time he came across the Irish Sea, for, uh, beaten two lengths. And then since then, he's won um, both his British starts, including uh, here at Musselburgh over hurdles. And you think he's got to have a, a solid chance again with the yard going well. And lot, uh, not long till May, trained by Laura Morgan. She won this race two years ago, bolted up over course and distance, uh, this one, despite jumping out to the left. Two from two for the yard and three from three in a hood. Does go from the front, though. You just wonder if he gets taken on for the lead with that jumping out to the left tendency in a stronger race, whether that's going to take its toll or not. Um, the, so um, I was going to side with Drumbear, but I've, I've sort of switched allegiance to half shot. I'm guessing as to the um, uh, the price of these, because I've not seen any betting, but I thought half shot would probably be the bigger price of the trio. Uh, his hat-trick was denied over course and distance last time when he finished third. Um, but the runner-up, of course, was um, Skybet Handicap Chase winner, um, who's uh, Cooper's Cross, was it? Oh, yes. that's, his name escapes me. And he's dropping down from Class 2 to Class 3 company. He's, you know, he's dropping into novice company from sort of regular handicap company. I uh, thought uh, he could be, uh, hopefully, the value in the race half shot for me. 
Oh, have shot. Would you like to? Because I haven't got prices either. Would you like to play the game of predicting what uh, what the accuracy predictor is? Oh, three to one. <laughs> eight. Uh, eight. <laughs> is what? Yeah. There are some funny games. Is, is what they're forecasting uh, half shot to go off at. So yeah, you got to ride the drum better predicted golf shorter, but they're predicting eight for half shot. Geez, you wouldn't mind that whatsoever. Yeah, apologies for throwing you under the bus here for the first race. I I just completely made that up to be honest with you. The Sandown race, adding in extra because that's all we need when we already have ten races to go to war with. Right now we are back to Sandown for a handicap chase for five rods and over over a mile seven at 145 where dollars is bidding to win this race yet again he is currently the five to two market leader here so andrew does he win it again i think he'll go very well in it he was 10 to 1 last year i mean he's just got a really good record right-handed he likes small fields he goes well fresh he's had almost six weeks off the track um that will help and um you know like you say he's a similar mark to when winning this last year he's finished second to stable make reality in the, i think the last time he went uh, he went handicapping a fair run behind edison to get last time out in great company at kempton this is easier he's got a lot of weight but i think he's going to be it's kind of horse if you're going to have one in your place point you just put him in i think even though he's a 10 year old now would i want to back him at five to two probably not i think i'd rather you know use him to finish second in exactors to uh, one or two others um, the one i was looking at was uh, red rookie now that he returns to a right-handed track um it was a little bit underwhelming on his comeback uh, but that was uh, at chepstow when he was only fifth to fugitive and you look at his record right-handed he's won all his completed starts this way around um, three wins and a four from four starts in this direction. And he's got a really good record second time out as well. He's won on his second completed start in all three seasons he's run. You know, one of those wins basically third time out, but he fell on his second start. Um, so I, I thought Red Rookie was the way to go over Dolos. Haddock's day is oboe, very progressive and has been um, winning well last time out at Warwick. But uh, the last time he ran in this direction at Kempton, I mean, you could argue he did too much too soon in a race set up for the closers, um, but that he did jump out to his left. So you know, maybe that's going to um, halt his progression and we might perhaps see him run well at Cheltenham or Newbury after this if he gets beat here. A third time, Lucky's back down to a mark of 143, the same mark as when six to Belfast Banter in the county hurdle two years ago. And of course, one place ahead of him that day in fifth was Edwardstone. That was a really strong county. Um, so again um you know third time lucky going right-handed as well he does tend to jump out in this direction he could go well kiltilly briggs was the fascinating one been running over two and a half to three miles back down to uh, two probably needs soft or heavy going but you assume he's going to go off the app like the absolute clappers uh, as he often does to try and sort of um you know use his put his stamina to good use whether that will be effective or not i don't know Hasanki is a horse I love, um, but uh, soft or heavy ground would be preferable. And if it's drying out, you know, he might run well without winning. So I'll stick with Red Rookie over Dollars, but this is a really good race. Yeah, it is, isn't it? 13 to 2 about Red Rookie, though. Over Dollars currently has a 5 to 2 market leader for that contest at Sandown. Right, we're on to the Edinburgh National Handicap Chase, which is a 0 to 150 handicap chase. Four, five years and over, over three miles, seven and a half furlongs at 203 back at Musselburgh. Wide open, as you would expect. So, Andrew, uh, how are you solving this one? Yeah, this is um, a tricky old one. Huge field, like you say. Um, it, it, Generally plays to side with someone with proven stamina. The five um, runnings of this race, um, every winner has won or placed over at least three miles, five furlongs previously. 
Um, now, I think um, I was, yeah, I, I think I was going to say, I thought Rapper was favourite for this race. Um, well, I must have been looking at the five day decks, not the overnight decks. Um, but yeah, you, you look at these uh, slipway heads the market. Uh, he's got the stamina. Captain Catistock's second favourite. He won this last year, so he obviously had. Uh, Trucker's Lodge is one I was quite interested in for the Nichols Yard. He's an 11 year old now, but he's won over sort of four miles uh, plus previously at Utoxter. Tends to run well when he's given this sort of stamina test. And I thought siding with him each way uh, might be the way to go. But there's a, I've got a long short list. I mean, the Wolf uh, was second in this race last year, but he has yet to win in a field of more than six runners. So I was a little bit worried about his jumping in a huge field. Um, but Ollie Murphy's going well at the moment. He's got a new headgear combination on. Uh, Paddy Brennan on board might be able to coax him into it. So I'll go Trucker's Lodge each way over the Wolf. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's one of those ones where you could have four picks and not get one in the frame. No, exactly. Yeah, Trucker's Lodge ten to one. The Wolf twelve to one though for him. Now for me, I my my selection within this takes a little bit of explaining. Uh, it's Regina Dracones, Dracones even, who is available at fourteen to one currently. Obviously, it is not ideal whatsoever to side with a horse that has fallen in two of her last three. Well, I was going to say there's there's more letters than numbers in the recent form figures. Yeah, hopefully I'll be able to pull this explanation around. But 14 to 1, that, that, that's why, basically. Um, the fact that she's being sent across the Irish Sea, clearly there by Tom Gibney. And he has uh, she also has top Irish jockey, Dara O'Keefe, booked to ride as well. Now, this man, I just, I'm expecting her to come good at some point. And I think that this might be the day with everything suddenly back in her favour, provided she can stay upright. Because <laughs> the fences, they're not the biggest, they're not the most robust around Musselburgh. So for all, it's uh, a quick track and these, these fences though, you can seem to get away with making that little bit more mistake than you can at other tracks. So hopefully that might just give her a little bit of confidence on her way around. She's a prominent racer, which I really do want for this race. She did fall in the Welsh National last time out, but I don't think she's as good going left-handed anyway. She also fell at Navin and she couldn't cope with the size of offences at Fairy House, but she ran well enough in between those falls. So she remains on a good mark. Uh, she stays. She has good conditioning from this season, but has also had a bit of a freshen up for this race. So it's a bit of a wild one, but Regina Draconis for me, provided she stays on all fours, which is a big caveat all the same, but I, I do like her and I think she's a very fair price. So. She's not, it's not one I know a lot about, but just looking at her record in February, she, she won in February last year, her only start in this month. She won in February in 2021. And in 2020, she was a 66 to one shot, winning the lead, I think, when falling two out at uh, Navin. So, uh, yeah, clearly uh, it's got some form at this time of year as well. So you might have persuaded me to uh, get involved there. You know what? That that as well. Yeah, that's. I also realised that. <laughs> Thank you for bolstering my my uh, my opinion with further actual facts. So yeah, come on, Regina, for the February month. That's what that's what I really meant. Uh, it's Grade One action up next in the form of the Silly Isles novices chase for five runs and over over two mile four at two twenty. A race that maybe hasn't been the strongest of Grade Ones over the years, but it is fascinating that Gordonella is sending across Jerry Colom for this race um, to hopefully retain his unbeaten record, which now stands at seven from seven, including his Irish point-to-point -point start. So Andrew, will he be difficult to beat? 
Yeah, probably an understatement saying there's not always been the strongest grade one, because right? uh, Sporting, yeah, John, like... Sporting John won it, which uh, tells you how, how weak it's been oh. at times and times in the past, uh, bless him. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, like you say, the uh, the Jolly is uh, seven from seven, started favourite every single time he's run. Yeah, apparently, apparently doesn't show a great deal at home, but when other horses come to him on the track, he keeps pulling out more. Um, so he was a great one winner last time out at Limerick. Interesting they send him over here. Maybe they think he might prove best right-handed, which is perhaps why they've avoided going to the DRF, uh, the Dublin Racing Festival at left-handed Leopardstown this weekend. But yeah, fascinating rival. Um, I mean, Montmorel, Mon I'm not a fan of in, in terms of how often he gets beat at short prices. He did it again last time and second to the real whacker uh, at Cheltenham. I mean, the fact that the real whacker you know, got first run that day might sort of coax some people to come back in again. But, you know, since, since he won at Atrium, now almost two years ago, you know, he's been beaten five times in a row, often at short odds. So I'm not quite convinced by him as a chaser or as a, a you know, a reliable um, punting vehicle. Uh, Balco Coastal, this is this um, this is one tipped by Daryl when he won very easily at Kempton last time out. That was a class three novices handicap chase. He's up in grade, um, but, you know, you wouldn't rule it out. Another Another good run. Um, although you look at his wins, they've all come on one of his first two starts each season, and whether he can kind of you know, maintain his form after he's had a couple of runs, um, we're guessing as to. Thunder Rock, it's difficult. He's got a fantastic strike rate, hasn't he? And uh, Ollie Murphy's in incredible form now. The fact that he got Thomas Darby to win over fences. Who, okay. you know, he, he was returning to fences at the age of 10, having not run over them for four years since uh, mm -hmm. ju jumping like a grand piano and um, you know, didn't, didn't touch a twig. I mean, this one's got a really good strike rate. So seven wins from uh, 11 starts. Two of the defeats came first time out. Um, or is it just a case that he's not got the class for this sort of contest? He's had two goes in grading companies, got beaten both times. Although one of them, maybe it was... Uh, he didn't handle the huge field, 17 round um, in the EBF final at Sandown. Last time out behind the real um, Wacker, um, probably you know just a little bit too far back in the early stages in a, in a funny old race and wasn't far behind Montmorel. I think at the prices, I'll probably just side with him. So I'll, I'll go Thunder Rock, uh, given the red-hot form of the Ollie Murphy yard. They are, aren't they? Like I said, a cracking day um, yesterday for there, wasn't it? We have Thomas Darby. Don't, don't, just how Sean Bowen managed to get that horse to win, I still don't know. Over Gold Cup by ease, I love as a horse. But yeah, they're having a cracking time. Thanks to Thunder Rock, five to one currently priced up. I'm going to be very unoriginal, to be honest with you. Going to give away uh, what my nap is for the end as well, especially now that you haven't sided with him as a bet necessarily, because I didn't expect to see two to one about Jerry Colomb. I, I just think that that is too big a price for me to ignore, to be honest with you. I think he's in a whole other league to his rivals. And I say, this is just a very feasible grade one for him to pick up on his way to the festival rather than going to the DRF, where, like I say, whether or not it's because it's going left-handed, he's a prefers to go right-handed this horse, but also the fact that winners at the DRF on from last season's Cheltenham Festival winners, that it wasn't fantastic the way that uh, the winners from the DRF were able tra to translate their form then to Cheltenham as well. So potentially a few uh, trainers trying to avoid it therefore. So I'm hoping that this has been a deliberate call by Connections to avoid Leopardstown. Jerry Colomb, very, very talented horse who can extend his unbeaten run for me. Right, another meeting joining us now because we're off to Weatherby for the Grade 2 Towton, I'm saying it. I, you've got another... Well, the toy town. Yeah, the... <laughs> 
I've got, every re- time this race comes up, I always be, I've got you in my mind with this race. Novices Chase <laughs> for five runs and over, over three miles at 240. Only four runners here. Valley Griffin Cottage is the four to six favourite. So how are you playing this one, Andrew? Yeah, I'm probably not, to be honest. Uh, I was I was quite impressed with uh, Bally Griffin Cottage at um, you know, Haydock last time. I know it was only three runners, um, but you know he was second favourite. He absolutely slaughtered the, the Twist and Davies train, Beauport. Um, it's got a tongue tie on for the first time today. Um, six to four on is the price uh, I've seen. Mm. Uh, I'd certainly prefer him to City Chief, who, uh, you know, a funny old one, because he, he jumped out to his right uh, at Exeter, um, when he when he sort of was well behind Jolino Bello, then he's gone to Hereford and he's jumped out to his left on the right yeah. track. So um, may, maybe it's just a case of he needs better ground. It was too soft for him that day. But I wouldn't be rushing to back him at single figure price in in, in, in graded company. That price probably owes more to much more to what colours he carries and who trains him rather than what he's achieved on the track. Um, O'Toole. Um, the Stuart Crawford Yard, you know, again, he was a you know, winner last time out, but that was a, a fairly modest contest at Newcastle. So you would think it's going to be Bally Griffin Cottage all the way, assuming he faces that first time tongue tie. Yeah, that's kind of your only sort of caveat, I guess, really, isn't his first time tongue tie, which could even eat out even more improvement in him. But as long as he does take to it, would have been tried in it at home. So hopefully it's all gone well. And Bally Griffin Cottage might even be a fair price then at four to six. Back to stand down for a premier handicap hurdle for four year olds and over over two mile four at two fifty five. Now this really is wide open, Andrew. So who are you siding with in this one? Yeah, this is um, it's, yeah, another tricky one. It's a uh, yeah, per attempt qualifier. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the one That's I was, key. yeah, the, I was hoping this was going to cut up because um, Coquelicot, who's um, um, sort of returned to the form she showed in bumpers um, this year, and uh, yeah, won at Ascot and Sandown earlier in the season. And then last time, I don't think there was any disgrace in finishing second to Glimpse of Gala at Kempton because uh, Glimpse of Gala, the Charlie Longston runner, is very useful. Uh, was winning off 127 that day, has won again since at Warwick and is now rated £10 higher. And uh, she did have the rest well beat. It's just a case of if she's going to go from the front, if it's one of these Sandown meetings where you know, it's a disputed pace round the inside and you know, the winners come late and wide, so maybe we'll get some clues you know, in, in that respect in the earlier races. But I thought she's, you know, she's still worth, uh, worth a mention. Stella Magic was the other one, uh, given the the hobby yard seems to be going a little bit better now after a run of about 50 consecutive losers um, they had gingerbread win uh on that uh, was it, uh, exeter on, yeah, on wednesday yesterday on wednesday they've had a winner today at um wing canton already and uh, yeah he, he ran well at wing canton on boxing day finishing um second and i thought he'd have a squeak green book last year's winner was well beaten on, on his comeback but that was first t- first time after the win surgery might do better uh, this time around I thought party business is one to keep an eye on for the spring festivals. Um, this is a horse who I think was an entry winner uh, last April and uh, I think has been brought along steadily for a spring campaign and you know, Cheltenham entry. So do keep an eye on how that one runs. Dolphin Square is you know, fair enough. I, I know he was lucky to win here on his comeback because um, the runner up just took the winning post. But he does often place as he did at Cheltenham last time out and um, when he had Thomas Darby behind him. So I thought, you know, he twenty to one. He wasn't a bad sort of each way poke, uh, but I'll stick with Co Qualicott and, and the hope that she's kind of 
doesn't face too much competition for the league. Hopefully the rest of these are just held up looking to creep into uh, qualification mode by finishing sort of second, third or fourth. Trying to find what is actually wanting to in a, in a potential. There you go. That's how it's done. Ten to one as well. But Coquilico or Coquilicops, however we're saying uh, the mayor's name probably there. The, probably anything. the way you said it, not the way I said it. Nope, if it, I just said it quicker. <laughs> so it sounds like I'm saying it with more confidence. And so people might believe me. Not one bit of it. Do not follow me over a clip of pronunciations. Right. We are back to the Dublin Racing Festival. Then, uh, well, actually going to, we haven't discussed it properly yet then. So many stars on show, obviously, at Leopardstown this weekend. But the only ITV televised race from the DRF on Saturday is the Grade 1 Irish Gold Cup. Chase four, five rods and over, over three miles at 3.05, where the beast that is, Galloping Deschamps, is the current one to three market leader in his bid to do the Irish Gold Cup, Cheltenham Gold Cup double. But Andrew, betting-wise, what are we doing? Um, Yeah, probably watching Galloping Deschamps win uh, without having a bet. Uh, I mean, he's, he's won his last six completed starts. Obviously, he came down at Cheltenham in Bob Ollinger's race when he was clear. Um, will he stay three miles over fences? Um, probably is, is the answer. You know, he did win over this trip at Punchestown in, in Great One Company over hurdles. Hasn't tried it yet over fences, but I think he'd be a, a brave punter to take him on on stamina grounds. Um, I think the way to play this would be, um, you know, without the favourite or you know, looking for the tote exacta who's going to finish second to the favourite. Now, the next two in the market are also trained by Willie Mullins, but I'm a little bit dubious about both of them. Statler has his second favourite, five to one. He's had three goes in Grade One Company. He's lost all three of them. He's been beaten by a combined margin of 34 lengths. Kenboy you know, has been running well. He's an 11 year old now, but he was, was he three to one for this race last year when he was only fifth? So whether he can win a race oh, of this nature at his age, um, perhaps not. Um, saying that, the one I was thinking might creep into second is any second now. Mm. Uh, now, placing the last two Grand Nationals, obviously entries on the agenda again and all roads lead there. Um, but you know, under a patient ride, you can see him just sort of creeping right round and finishing a respectful you know, 10 length second to Gallop and Deschamps. You look at his racing post ratings, you know, he's second um, to Gallop and Deschamps, three pounds clear of the rest. You look at top speed ratings, he comes out best of the lot. And um, I just thought he's, he's 33 to one, you know, that's, you know, straight forecast, total exactor, might pay sort of 10, 12 to one, and might just be worth a couple of quid. Yeah, so like there's multiple ways to play this, and there is always another angle into this. So like say an exact forecasting. Obviously, we don't have the markets up for without uh, Galloping Deschamps at this early stage as we record now. But currently priced up at thirty-three to one there any second. I don't think he's going to beat Galloping Deschamps, but might just be good enough to finish second to him. The Scottish County Handicap Hurdle is up next. Back to Musselburgh. This is a naught to one four five. Handicap hurdle for four year olds and over, over a mile seven and a half furlongs at 316. And Andrew, it's another open contest. See your thoughts. Yeah, this is tricky. I'm a fan of Lebowski, who you assume is a big horse. I've never actually seen him in the, in the flesh. Uh, and perhaps he's named after the uh, the, the film. Uh, Straight it, it, over it, my head. Explain <laughs> <laughs> that one. <laughs> the, the, the big Lebowski. Oh, no. Google it. Google it. Clueless. Um, yeah. <laughs> Does need a galloping track though. He's a Foss Last Nair winner, um, you know, last season before losing his way, returned with a win um, at Weatherby. Or is he just, you know, best when fresh and you want to back him on his first two starts of uh, each campaign? That That's a possibility. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's won three of his five starts for Michael Scudamore. 
you look at his record below grade two company, he's um, he's three from three. Will a sharp right-handed track play to his strengths? Possibly not, um, but he's certainly uh, be one on the shortlist. Um, you know, as would um, the, the two uh, Donald McCain trained uh, course and distance winners, Nayati and Collingham. Uh, I need to do a little bit more work on this race, particularly in terms of the uh, the, uh, the pace as well, because time and time again, we've seen horses in this race and other races at uh, uh, Musselburgh just um, get loose on the front end and uh, never see another rival. But um, I'll go with Lebowski at this stage and uh, have a better look at it before Saturday. Oh, hopefully viewers and listeners understood the Lebowski reference better than I did. Normally I could just smile and laugh away to that, but no. Not you're, too, you're too young, that's the trouble. Oh, well, fine. I, I, I still I'm... see that as a recent film, but it's probably before you were born. <laughs> I will happily take that at this age, because day by day I'm not feeling it quite as much. So, uh, yeah, hopefully too young for Lebowski. Hopefully still goes and wins at this stage. Four to one, currently priced up, but a bit more work to do. You can catch Andrew's thoughts. So in his uh, column ahead of Musselboro's action, when, like he says, he's just done that bit more of a delve into the races. And our final scheduled race is a handicap chase for five-year-olds and over, over three miles at 3.30 at Sandown. Yet another competitive contest to sign off with. So, Andrew, your selection, please. Yeah, again, uh, another one that I, I thought was extremely tricky and, and needed more work. Uh, Celeb Delon um, for Philip Hobbs was interesting in the first time cheap pieces. Um, I know he's, he's an 11-year-old now, but he, he's a hold-up horse and you know he, he's been running in you know races where it's paid to be up with the pace. Uh, like at the Cheltenham Festival last year, he was, um, I think, favourite for the plate, wasn't he? Or, or one yeah. of the favourite names. He was second favourite in the end, 4-1. He was very well touted, but that's mm. just not a race in which you can come from off the pace, generally speaking. Cool Cody, of course, winning that. Again, Warwick, his favourite on his reappearance. What do we know about Warwick? It's generally a front-runner's track, and uh, he's got beaten in the Ramses to tie a race when that one's um, made, made the running, or certainly most of it. And then he's gone to Wincanton last time, another track which is notorious for being difficult to come from the back of the field. You look at the winner of that, Elixir de Nuts, jumped well, made all. The runner-up, Galahad Quest, prominent. You know, basically, um, you know, four of the first five homers sort of, you know, up to the pace throughout. And mm. he's favourite again, but he's done best of the hold-up horses in third. So um, without having been through the, the running styles of his uh, rivals on Saturday with the five-tooth cut, you would think that there's going to be sufficient pace in this race. I know the last Sandown meeting in particular, you know, being on the front end was a big advantage. And of course, we saw um, wishing and hoping in the uh, the veterans final of um, 50 to 1 just uh, ping out and uh, make virtually all the running but yeah celeb and 14 to 1 i'll make as my um, token selection here Hey, he's just trying to find a track because you've said that we've previewed those last two races that he went to or certainly when Canton last time out and you were against him at the head of the market because of that running style and you were found to be correct so he has been given two pound back for that 14 to 1 now might have a race where it's going to help him that bit better to actually be able to get into the race with that hold up style so yeah big price horse to sign off with so now it's just left for me to hand it over to you to go anywhere else you want to take us to andrew yeah i really want to talk about the first race at leopardstown the dublin racing festival this is the the two mile six um grade one novice hurdle we've got mm. um, we, we've all been caught for night of twist and davis who um, I was um, surprised didn't run at Cheltenham last week against Rock My Way, because uh, that, that pair clashed in a maiden hurdle at Cheltenham on New Year's Day. Two and a half miles was on the short, sharp side for We've All Been Caught. 
There's a strong headwind in the strait. And we've all been caused uh, one into the teeth of the gale, showing a really good attitude to hold off Rock My Way, who was also prominent. Um, you know, that one people thought, oh, might have been flattered because he was trained by Sid Hosey, 66 to 1. He's come out and won a very, you know, very strong race on trials day. And uh, fascinating that Nigel Twist and Davis has taken this route, gone to Ireland, taken on the big guns in their own backyard before, I assume, a, a stab at the Albert Bartlett. I've bet him anti-post for that, my only anti-post Cheltenham bets uh, at this stage. And, and of course, he won a point-to-point, -point, he won a Newbury bumper. He's then gone straight into grade two company behind... Um, um, uh, he, Herm, is it, I was about to say Heli Allen. Hermes Allen. No, I was getting confused because Helios Allen ran at Wincanton. Yeah, yeah behind Hermes yeah. Allen. <laughs> He, he was seven to one, um, and it, he ran a really good race. Um, I think I think he was about speed about seven lengths or thereabouts into third. He stayed on well, looked like he was crying out for a stiffer test of stamina. Uh, so I was really impressed, despite the narrow margin of that maiden hurdle win. I know it's tricky to uh, make the transition from maiden hurdle winner to grade one hurdle winner in, in one single step, but the fact that he's already shown form in grade two company behind a subsequent grade one winner makes me think he's worth a go here. So yeah, I'll go with we've all been caught in that one the 155 i thought it's probably going to be a lossy mouth uh who was going to um uh you know win that quite comfortably but he's priced accordingly mm. and um the race i do want to mention is the uh the handicap chase the um uh, the two mile one furlong um which is that the 410 yeah yeah the 410 yeah, yeah. um managed to find way um a wave of the sea in my in my column in this race last year and this race is a really good a good race for young horses. In, in the last six years, you just bet the youngest horse in the race, or the, you know, if there's more than one of them, bet both. You'd, you'd have found the winner five times out of six. And you go back to 2019, um, the youngest horse was a six-year-old. There were three of them. They've included the 14-to-one winner and the 11-to-one second. So youth has come to the fore. Away with the C1, it's a five-year-old and a six-year-old. He's a seven-year-old now. Um, now, the, the youngest horse is actually one six-year-old, which is Baron, Baron Aculia, mm. uh, who's about 25 to one. So I think I'll have to save on him. He's dropping back in trip, but the last time he did run at this distance, he was third in the grade two uh, novices chase at Punchestown in November. So, yeah, um, Baron Aculia and a wave of the sea in particular. A wave of the sea sevens from tens in the last sort of 24 hours or so for that 410. The market has already been moving about away from the sea, then back over this course and distance again. But yeah, Barnacalia, 25 to 1 about his current price for the six-year-old in that race. is so, so competitive. So fair play to you going there, but other bets at Leopardstown on the card as well for Andrew. Now, Andrew, your nap, please. Again, I'm completely surprised that um, <laughs> you do. I'll, I'll, go, I'll go for a wave of the sea. Oh, okay, then a wave of the sea. Yeah. Into seven to one in that four ten we say four ten at Leopardstown into seven to one then a wave of the sea brave one I am not so brave I am going Jerry Colom in the two twenty at Sandown because two to one to me to be honest with you is too big a price for him I just think he's superior. Uh, to his rivals in that race. So that is everything from Andrew and I this week, mainly Andrew, to be honest with you. So thank you so much, Andrew, for all of your hard work. We will be reunited with Daryl Carter next week, but a whole load of races covered there in super quick time. So thanks again, Andrew. Thank you to our sponsors, Bet UK. Thank you to you for watching. Enjoy the action this weekend, and we'll speak to you again next week. <laughs>